Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 38. We are going to be talking all about books today. And actually, the month of July is going to be entirely book heavy in terms of episodes that you can expect through the month of July. My plan at the moment is to set up a weekly episodes in July, all focused on books and summer reading. You can expect an episode on my Medium Lady Must Reads for the summer. I have an episode coming up on summer reading profile. I'm going to make some book recommendations based on a couple of summer reading profiles that I've, uh, you know, lovingly created out of my mind. And then the last thing is I'm going to review my spring probably pass books. So usually at the end of spring, I would do a review of all the things I'd read between April and June. Instead of doing that, I've decided to break up that one episode into three specific episodes. And so that's, you know, just kind of a creative project on the side. The reason that I came up with this idea is that the last book's episode that was my winter reading of 2022, you can find that episode, I think it's episode 28, you can find that that's quite a long episode. It's about 90 minutes of me straight talking through all the books that I read. I think it was about 15 books. And my sister Hannah lovingly edited that episode for me and made a brilliant suggestion, which is that episode is always divided into three chapters. Medium Lady Must Reads, Probably Pass, and Know Yourself. And she said, you know, those could really just be three distinct episodes. And I thought, wow, you know, it it honestly never occurred to me My book reading episodes launch every, you know, three-ish months, and they're, you know, a pretty painstaking project that I love to do, but it does become a bit of a, an Everest of work, I guess, if I, for lack of a better word. I thought, hey, let's try that out. So July will be three distinct episodes all about books. That's essentially going to review all the books that I read in spring of 2022, but we're going to take this three-episode approach, and you can let me know what you think over on Instagram. Uh, You can always find the episode-related post on my feed. It's a pink post, Um, and if it's a repost of an episode, it'll be orange. But if you ever want to connect after the episode, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there. And I love to hear what listeners are thinking and what's connecting and resonating with you as an audience, especially the book-related episodes. After having recorded almost 40 episodes, I have a fair bit of data that's telling me that my audience really engages uh, in terms of downloads with the book-related episodes. And so we're just going to lean into that. I love books. I love to read. And so it's... uh, Definitely a wonderful um, area of medium lady content to lean into and to just embrace um, with my whole heart. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so, so glad that you're here. And if you're not new, I hope that you would take a moment to rate and review the podcast wherever you happen to be listening and make sure that you are activating your notifications so that whenever there's a new episode, you're getting that information firsthand and it's not getting buried in your podcast feed. If you're anything like me, you follow a lot of podcasts, and I 
always noticed that sometimes my favorites get buried under the episodes that I don't, or the podcasts rather, that I don't listen to that often. So if you want to go ahead, make sure you're following the podcast, give us a rating and review. And if you're so inclined to make sure that those episodes aren't getting buried in your feed, then make sure you're subscribed to notifications so that you're aware of when a new episode drops. Typically, I drop episodes every two weeks. We're going to make an exception to that for this month of July, and we're going to be dropping weekly episodes, which is very exciting. Typically, those episodes will always drop on a Wednesday, unless something crazy is happening in my life and I, you know, need it to drop on a Thursday. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, we lean into medium effort here. We are not uh, aiming to produce a podcast that's based on rigid perfectionism, perfect sound editing, perfect timing the best social media programming and posting. We are just leaning into the sheer delight of building community through podcast and connection through bi-weekly content. And um, that's what I call medium effort. You know, it's uh, really about deciding what matters most to you and leaning into the ways that you can bring that to the forefront of your life. One of the things that matter most to me are books. And so with all that being said, I will just launch in Episode 38 is going to focus all on my medium lady must reads from spring of 2022. And I'm going to actually call these your must read summer pile. There's going to be in the next five books that I describe, probably one book that you will really enjoy reading this summer. And I am pretty certain that there's hopefully one of these books that you actually haven't read yet. My first must read of the spring of 2022 which was Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Now, I have never read Frederick Bachman before. I know he's a very popular contemporary fiction writer. And I had been sort of dabbling around, and I knew many, many people had recommended this book and had enjoyed it. And it actually just cropped up that there was a weekend where I had a lot going on, and I really wanted an audiobook to motivate me through a bunch of household chores. It was essentially kind of like a spring cleaning weekend. And I was really resisting it. I was really digging my heels in. And I thought, you know, what would really help is if I had a really great fiction book to keep me company by audio. And normally, I don't read fiction on audio. I'm almost exclusively listening to audiobooks that are nonfiction. That's because generally I find that I engage with content by audio, nonfiction content, in a way that allows me to stop and think while I'm actively engaged in sort of mindless activities. That's when my mind is most sort of alert and open to receiving nonfiction content rather than if I'm sitting somewhere quietly reading nonfiction, I find generally I start to get a little squirrely, I guess. Anyway, all that to be said is that I dove into listening to Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. And at a certain point, actually, my chores were done and I ended up downloading the e-copy of it. So what I ended up doing was both reading it on e-copy and listening to it on audiobook over the span of an entire weekend. Anxious People is about eight extremely anxious strangers who find that they actually have more in common than they ever imagined. The book opens up with an investigation that's being done by the police regarding something that's happened in an apartment. And essentially, these eight strangers, you learn about their eight stories through these investigations and interviews. And by kind of this like regularly shifting point of view of these eight characters... And you're sort of, as the outsider looking in, trying to put together how these people are all connected. 
And you start to see how they're connected before they in fact do, which is always a really satisfying reading experience. Now, the thing that makes this a medium lady must read is the way that Frederick Bachman uses really contemporary fiction writing to speak to what I'm going to call the cultural prevailing dialogue around anxiety and mental health. That as a society, since the pandemic, we have really become well-versed in talking about our mental health or in trying to understand ourselves and in trying to do a better job communicating who we are to others and communicating the needs and scope of our own mental health to other people. There are some really beautiful lines in this book that will resonate very deeply. And what I loved about it was that the author does this with a lot of economics. It's very little words that he uses to really get to the heart of what it feels like to be an anxious person. The other side of that is this book is actually very, very funny. Um, You know, Frederick Bachman is known for really great dialogue, really great understanding of human nature. I have never read Frederick Bachman before, but I actually attended a used book sale shortly after finishing this book, and I picked up two more of his books, which I'm looking forward to reading at the cottage through the summer. I think the main thing that you come away with at the end of this book is to remind us that being compassionate to anyone we encounter on any given day is really important because we're all carrying around tremendous depth of experience And that experience is not compartmentalized. It's just living in ourselves, and it's very much at the surface of who we are and how we're experiencing life. I think that if you are looking for a book to read this summer, this book will really hit the mark for many, many people. It has a lot of characters. It has a lot of plot. The plot is predictable, but not obvious in the way that you can feel it moving towards a resolution. But you may not actually be quite bang on with how it's going to all resolve. Many of the characters you'll find relatable, um, if if in fact not all of them. I think that uh, the wonderful thing about this book is that, in fact, it describes relationships from many, many different points of view and many, many ways of being in relationship. One might be a husband or wife, one might be a partner, one might be a sister, a brother, one might be a son or a daughter, one might be grieving, one might be celebrating. There's life and death and all kinds of, like I said before, all kinds of depth of experience that all of these characters are carrying around that make them all uniquely relatable in different ways. The other thing about this book is it is really very funny, and so it doesn't take the topic of anxious people that seriously. In fact, it sort of makes this underlying hypothesis that we are all, in fact, anxious people, and we all, in fact, have quite a lot of things to worry about, and we're carrying around those worries with us day by day by day by day. Apparently, the uh, book has been adapted to a TV series adaptation. And I think that that actually that adaptation is done in Swedish, which is great because Frederick Bachman is a Swedish author. And actually, now that I'm thinking about this, I do believe he actually writes in English. But I was curious to know if perhaps that... No, I'm pretty sure he writes in English. So, you know, that was an interesting point for me was that this book that's very funny and really speaks to you know, our our collective sense of anxious humanity. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't sure if, in fact, the book had been translated, which also, you know, 
just as much as the author is doing a wonderful job, the translator is equally doing a beautiful job. That being said, um, this book is written in English from, from everything that I can tell. That is Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. I think if you've read anything by Frederick Bachman, but you haven't read Anxious People yet, you're going to love that this summer. If you haven't read anything by Frederick Bachman, I would definitely recommend starting with Anxious People. And don't let the title put you off. I think for a while, I expected this to be sort of similar to Sally Rooney's Normal People, you know, Normal People, Anxious People. Um, Normal People by Sally Rooney, sidebar, is a wonderful um, literary fiction book that is sad and kind of hard to read at times and nothing like Anxious People. The one thing about Anxious People that I will say is this is not a book that has um, characters of, you know, uh, racialized communities or racialized backgrounds or, or you know, mar- marginalized points of view. If one of your goals is to read books with characters of very diverse backgrounds and points of view, I'm going to have you hold on when I make a couple of recommendations about that. That was Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. It's my medium lady must read for summer. Okay, the next medium lady must read for summer that I read in spring of 2022 is potentially one of my favorite books of the year. (laughs) Actually, there's two of my favorite books of 2022 in this episode today. But that book is The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klug. This is, oh my gosh, I get goosebumps just even thinking about this book. Honestly, absolutely wonderful, magical, special, special, special book. This book is fantasy fiction. I found it actually, I was hoping to read Under the Whispering Door, which is by TJ Klune, which is recommended to me by my friend Jillian O'Keefe. Jillian is a book lover and has been on the Cozy Christmas Reads Medium Lady episode back in the winter. Um, But I stumbled upon this at the library and I noticed it in the raves and faves section. And I would absolutely recommend that if you're a regular library goer, that you, you know, peruse some of the end caps and some of the sections of the library where the librarians have selected books that they would recommend. You can do this at bookstores as well. So this was sitting there in the raves and faves section, and I knew it wasn't under the whispering door, but I thought, well, you know, it has a really quirky, captivating cover. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a roll doll, you know, type of illustration. It's this cliff with a bus and a house perched sort of precariously at the edge of a cliff that hangs over a peaceful cerulean sea. So I picked it up. What I will say is this book is for anyone who is looking for really wonderful, deep, emotional fantasy fiction to read over the summer. Honestly, I think this book picks you up. It transports you immediately from the first chapter. It's very tactile and textured as you get to know the main character, Linus Baker. From the moment we meet Linus, you're rooting for him. You're also rooting for pretty much every other character you meet. I thought it was amazing how TJ Klune captures the spirit of children. This book is about a character who lives alone and works for the department in charge of magical youth. So he spends his days overseeing the well-being of children who are basically in government-sanctioned orphanages, and all the children in these orphanages have magical powers. Linus is unexpectedly given a kind of classified assignment to travel to the Marcias, 
Island Orphanage, where he's supposed to sort of give an assessment of how the orphanage is going. But as he gets there, he spends, I think, a month there. You know, the story unfolds. And there are six magical children on this island. And while they are not, I guess, human children, TJ Klune captures just so wonderfully the spirit of kids, the dialogue of children, the point of view of kids, even though they are odd magical creatures. I just couldn't help but smile as a parent because some of the wonderful things that my kids say to me that I just want to capture and read and never forget, TJ Klune sort of captures that that essence of kids in his writing. And it just really will make you feel great. This is a feel-good book from start to finish. One third of the way through, I had to make a playlist. Now, this is something that I've been experimenting with in 2022. And that is when a book really captures me and captures my heart. I have been designing what I would call a reading soundtrack to add another dimension of enjoyment to the book and to add a way to extend my enjoyment of the story after I've finished the book. It's so unfortunate that we really, for the most part, can only read a book for the first time once. That first time only exists that one time. And I honestly wish I could forget this book and read it again with all of the sense of warmth and wonder that it brought me the first time around. The other thing that was great about this book is I really savored it. It's not a page turner. It is a wonderful book, but it won't have you sitting at the edge of your seat in the way that you might finish this book in one sitting. It's not so delicious that you can't put it down. And that I think actually is going for it. So if you're looking for a book this summer that you can pick up and put down on sunny days in your garden or in your backyard, I would really recommend The House in the Cerulean Sea. I also would recommend this book for anyone who loves Harry Potter, but feels ick about J.K. Rowling. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into that. Obviously, the world of Harry Potter is something that has brought many millennial readers a sense of delight and wonder and enjoyment. This world building that has happened over time with movies and experiences and beyond the books in many, many ways is and forever will be intertwined with J.K. Rowling and her attack of trans people and her active engagement as a person who is persecuting trans people and trans lifestyles. And, you know, for here on Medium Lady, we believe that all people should have the right to exist in the way that they want to and to express and represent themselves in whatever way is most meaningful and most honest and true to who they feel that they are. And so endorsing, you know, the, the Harry Potter world becomes really complicated because they're wonderful books and they're written by a problematic person. And here in 2022, that's kind of our experience as millennials grow up is we have to grapple with being raised at a time when these things were unknown or they were simpler or they were ignorable. And they're no longer ignorable. They're no longer simple and they're no longer harmless. So all that being said is if you're a person who really loved the world of Harry Potter, but you're grappling with how terrible of a person J.K. Rowling is, then I would recommend that you read books like this, books like The House in the Cerulean Sea, because what happens is they convince you that Harry Potter is not the only 
beautiful, wonderful, magical world out there. And that there are authors that are doing more and saying more about the world that we want our kids to grow up in than what J.K. Rowling did with Harry Potter. And I'll just put that aside um, and and just go back to telling you that The House in the Cerulean Sea is so, so, so amazing. And uh, I really hope that you read it. If you are a person who loves fantasy fiction, it's going to give you a wonderful summer reading experience. Oh, and if you're interested in that reading soundtrack when you read The House in the Cerulean Sea, you can find me on Spotify. I'm Medium Lady over there, and you can find it uh, under The House in the Cerulean Sea. It's a reading soundtrack, and I hope that you enjoy it um, as you enjoy the book, and I hope that it brings you that sense of other dimensionness to your reading. Okay, our next book is Project Hail Mary. This is by Andy Weir. If you are a science fiction lover or you're looking for a science fiction book to read this summer, my next medium lady must read I read in the spring of 2022 is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Now, Andy Weir is the author of The Martian, and I have never read The Martian, but I have seen the movie and I did enjoy the movie quite a lot. But I have to say that I think that Project Hail Mary is a really fantastic kind of book to read when you're looking for something that's science fiction, but comes with a dialogue that really brings humanity out of science fiction. This is a book that is more about character than it is about plot in a lot of ways. The main character is a person named Ryland Grace, and Ryland wakes up as the sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission where basically the total survival of humanity is entirely in his hands, and if he's not successful, the Earth will perish. But the story sort of evolves as you hear about Ryland's experience in the present, and Ryland starts to have slowly flashbacks to the series of events that led to him being on this space mission. And when Ryland first wakes up, he actually has complete amnesia. He can't even remember his name or why he's on the spaceship. And so as the book evolves, his memory becomes stronger and stronger. And you as the reader get carried away by these parallel timelines that are become really important in informing one another. And that's not something that you often get in science fiction writing. Personally, I am a huge fan of alternating timelines. Whenever there is a book that has that, I know that I'm usually in for a really good experience as a reader. It's one of my favorite things when it comes to reading. It's one of those like sweet spot quadrants for me is does the book have alternating timelines? That always gets me really excited and really engaged as a reader beyond the plot, beyond the characters. I found this book through the Currently Reading podcast, but not a podcast episode, uh, rather actually by following them on Instagram. And in their Instagram stories, they were resharing a bunch of their followers who had been tagging them as they had been reading Project Hail Mary. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of people picking up Project Hail Mary. That's a lot of people sharing on Instagram how excited they are about this book. I should definitely check it out. And I have to say, I loved every part of this book. It is not a small read. It is a big, hefty book, and it took me a long time to make it through. That being said, I love a long read. I love knowing that my book is set up and I don't have to make any book-related decisions. 
while I'm enjoying a long, long book, especially one that keeps me as engaged as Project Hail Mary did. I think that because the story is kind of long and epic, but it moves quickly, it really keeps you feeling entertained as a reader. And entertainment is kind of a classic hallmark of summer reading. Generally, I find personally, I'm not reaching for a lot of literary fiction in the summer. I'm not reaching for a lot of books that make me cry at the end or books that are really going to be about heartbreak and sorrow. That's more of a wintertime reading, right? That might be more of your fall reading book. That's something you're going to read on a rainy day. And when it comes to reading in the summer, personally, I'm looking for, you know, a happily ever after, I guess. (laughs) Not to say that you get that in this book, and I don't want to give any spoilers. The main character of Ryland is so lovable, I think, which is really good because Ryland has the only point of view in the entire book. So while there are alternating timelines, both timelines are told from Ryland's point of view. I think that this is a really fascinating and complex sci-fi story. And the storytelling actually comes from scientific knowledge that sort of falls somewhere between grade six and grade nine science. So there is a lot of scientific writing in this book. Except none of it is pseudoscience. Most of it is actual real science when it comes to biology, chemistry, and physics. There's a lot of things that the main character does while on this desperate last chance mission that aren't about fantasy or aren't about fictional science or pseudoscience. It's about real science. He's solving problems during this mission with real actionable science. And a lot of it you'll read and be like, yeah, I actually kind of know what he's talking about. Versus when you're reading a book that's sort of pseudoscience or about science that's kind of like adjacent to something that could really happen, you don't pay as much attention to the science of it all because it's sort of you know, it's made up, it's fictional. And the problems and the general premise is made up and very, very fictional. But the solutions that are applied to that fictional problem are, you know, really kind of fascinating basic science. And I'm really impressed with Andy Weir for writing this fast-paced, understandable science fiction story. A lot of the solutions that the character comes up with to solve problems are based on science that most people will have had exposure to just through their, you know, elementary and high school science experience. I um, (laughs) am... I think that if you're not a science fiction reader, you still actually might get quite a lot out of this book. And if you're looking for a way to step outside of your reading comfort zone this summer, you're looking for something fun, but it's a subject matter that you're not usually reading, I think the Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir is a really great place to go, which is why it's a medium lady must read. All right. My fourth medium lady must read that I read in the spring of 2022 and I'm recommending for your summer reading is The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bouley. This is Indigenous contemporary young adult fiction. It does also um, have an element of mystery to it. This is a book about family, coming of age, Indigenous culture, mystery, suspense. I stumbled on this book in a kid's bookstore, and the cover is absolutely breathtaking. If anything, you will be pulled in instantly by this cover art. It is absolutely majestic. And then I saw a number of people that I really respect and are friends of mine on Instagram recommending this book. And 
I finally got it as an electronic book uh, from my library on my e-reader, and I ended up actually downloading it to my phone unintentionally as a backup because sometimes I share my iPad with my son, Beckett, and Beckett's a toddler. And if Beckett, you know, is going to watch a bit of YouTube Kids or whatever it is, it's probably going to be on my iPad. But that's also where I read ebooks. And so I need my ebooks on my phone as a backup in the case that I want to read a bit and relax while he's watching screens. Now, not always am I reading off of an e-reader, but usually at the cottage I do because it's just lighter packing. It means I don't have to haul actual physical books. I don't have to worry about damaging a library book. I don't have to worry about, you know, the the bulk of packing a real book. So I do load a number of books onto my e-reader and then I put backups on my phone. And I ended up reading this huge book for the most part on my phone entirely. And I didn't even mind one bit because this book is so wonderful. I cannot think of a book I've read like this in a while. This book is really hard to describe. I don't know if there's really anything like it. Let's see. I'll give you a bit of the Goodreads synopsis. The main character of Donis Fontaine, she's a biracial, unenrolled tribe member and product of a scandal who's never really fit into her hometown. She's never fit in on her hometown, and she lives nearby to the Ojibwe reservation. Her family is struck by tragedy, and Donis, you know, starts to take care of her mother through some grief. But what happens is she actually ends up meeting a character named Jamie, who is this charming sort of new recruit to her brother's hockey team. Through very early on in the story, Donis is witness to a really shocking crime that thrusts her into a criminal investigation. And eventually there's sort of layers of deception and death that starts to pile up and get closer and closer to her and closer and closer to her indigenous community. It's really hard to describe without kind of uh, revealing any spoilers, and I've done my best to do that in this description here. But basically what happens is you're sort of carried away on this thriller mystery. But what's not said in that in that synopsis is that this book is 100% grounded in Indigenous, the Indigenous culture that's being represented in the book. And by the beauty of the character and the way that she has been raised and grown up with multiple perspectives and multiple family, the it's almost like I'm struggling, I think, to find the perfect words to describe this book. But the best way I can think of describing a book that I've read like this is is it's maybe a little bit adjacent to, but not similar, um, adjacent to The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Donis is just this amazing heroine. She's growing up between these two perspectives. I've never read a novel with a character that is so grounded. I think that, and that's really rare in young adult fiction, this character of Donis is just, she's special. She's a really special character. This book also taught me more about the Indigenous Ojibwe culture than many of the other books and novels that I've read in the last couple of years as I've really changed my reading habits to make sure that I'm paying attention to the authors, the content, and the stories that I'm reading. I learned about Indigenous culture, the specific Indigenous culture of the character, through so many quiet, non-flashy, non-preachy, non-performative types of ways 
that gave me a really a really important awakening as a reader. And I think it's just rare to find that in young adult fiction. And that's what made The Hate You Give actually really rare too, is The Hate You Give allows the reader a really privileged position within the culture. And if you're not a member of that culture, it would be really hard for you to get that privileged point of view. The Firekeeper's Daughter does a similar thing where it gives me as a reader, as a non-Indigenous reader, a really a really special invitation to have a, an up-close understanding of this individual's life and of this individual's experiences through the world that I would really probably never have an opportunity to experience any other way. I think that there's really just something special about the writing, and it's actually also very entertaining and funny. There's a love story there's humor, there's multiple characters and family. Um, and I think that Angeline Bully is just like really just done such a wonderful job. I think this book should really be required reading through, you know, high school. I wish that books existed like this when I was in high school, um, because I think that it definitely, it's definitely changed something in me. And, and that might sound, you know, a little dramatic to say, but but I think if you read this book, you'll understand. You'll please read this book, and, and and I think you'll understand what I mean. And and circle back and let me know what you thought of it. That's the Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. It is a medium lady must read for the summer. If you like young adult fiction and you like mystery, if you're a fan of the Hate You Give, you will love this book. And it's a really really great summer read. It's a really great read anytime. To be honest with you, I think this is absolutely one of my favorite books of 2022, hands down. It will be a book that I recommend to people <laughs> for the rest of time, for the rest of my book recommending days. All right, we're coming around the bend. This is the last book that I'm going to recommend as a medium lady must read. And it's the only nonfiction book on this list because really, for the most part, personally, I don't find that I make the most of nonfiction in the summer. I think it's just that, you know, it's a time to have vacation. It's a time to relax. It's a time to go from place to place. You might be traveling. You might be seeing lots of different people. You might be socializing. And generally you know, you might actually be feeling super satisfied with your life and you might not be looking to nonfiction, at least nonfiction, personal development nonfiction, which this book is. You might be reading memoir or something like that. But but nonfiction, personal development, you know, summer is just like not a great season for that. If you disagree, make sure you're connecting with me over on Instagram and I'd love to hear what you think about that. So the last book that I'm really recommending for your summer reading is Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Tawab. This is a genre, you know, therapy, self-help. And Nedra Glover Tawab is a wonderful therapist and author. She's on Instagram at Nedra Tawab. And she's really focused on the skill of healthy boundary setting as the key to moving forward from a place of perhaps distress to a place of wellness. So Set Boundaries, Find Peace, the subtitle to it is A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. This book is about healthy boundaries. You know, we all know we need to have healthy boundaries. We all kind of think we have healthy boundaries. But, you know, what does that really mean? And how can we successfully express what we need? Say no, be assertive without offending people. So Nedra, I think, really demystifies this topic. She's 
relatable. She's inclusive. She's grounded in research and best practice, but she's also very plugged into her audience on Instagram. And she makes reference a number of times to specific polls that she's set up with real people who are really following her on Instagram. Nedra is a Black therapist and author, and I think that that also lends a a different point of view to the content that's in this book, which also is really, really important for anyone reading it. I've actually followed Nedra for probably the last four or five years. I had a great experience following Ingrid Fetel-Lee. Ingrid is the author of a book called Joyful, and uh, she was hosting some joy webinars. She interviewed Nedra on one of these joy webinars, and ever since I'd been following Nedra on Instagram. And then this book came out, and I was really happy to finally get it after hold, after hold, after weeks and weeks and weeks. It's a very popular book at my library. And I did do this, as I'd said before, as a nonfiction book on audiobook. I cannot think of anyone who would not find something to relate to in this book or something to put into practice. I really appreciate Nedra's honesty in her writing. She says, you know, boundary setting is hard. Boundary setting will make you feel things. You know, you cannot set boundaries without guilt. (laughs) She's very honest. But the honesty also makes it feel really doable. It makes it feel possible. There were some points of the book that I could tell were in bullet point style. And if you follow Nedra on Instagram, she does do a lot of writing and posting that is about bullets. Sometimes that gets a little bit robotic or like kind of like disjointed when you're listening to it by audiobook because it sort of comes up upon you when you're not expecting it. But that being said, I have also gotten out of the library. There's a workbook that Nedra had written to accompany this book. And I will probably be, now that I've read the book, I will probably be going back and using that uh, workbook to sort of continue to work on the things that I'm learning from this book. And that's always really nice with a nonfiction book, because a lot of the time, if you're reading a really good self-help book about self-healing, about relationships, and you're learning something, you want a chance to kind of put it into practice. So I'm really appreciative to have this workbook to kind of continue the reading experience, continue the learning experience that I've had from this book. Set Boundaries, Find Peace really has made me think actually quite a lot about where I might be crossing boundaries of others without realizing it or without them saying anything to me and kind of considering the ways that I can ask people about their boundaries or the ways that I can invite that conversation. Nedra breaks this down into relationships, parenting, work. She breaks it down for family, you know, if you're the if you have issues of boundaries with your parents, with your partners, with your loved ones, with your neighbors, some of that opportunity to grow and try new things feels very relatable based on the case studies that Nedra presents throughout the book. I've also read a couple reviews of this on Goodreads, and one person said, you know, this book should be required reading before becoming an adult. I kind of think that's true. You know, I don't know anybody who hasn't incorporated poor boundaries for some reason at some in some part of their life as a way to kind of survive. And I feel like personally, I'm someone I'm really trying to talk through and role model and explain the ways that I'm working on myself. And I try to do that with honesty through the podcast and on Instagram. And I really think that this book makes it feel like you have a great place to start with the work you have a great place to start in a way that you will probably start to see results very quickly. 
If you just focus on your boundaries, you can probably get pretty far with the things that are bothering you or giving you distress or making you feel, you know, a specific way about the world. I think that what Nedra has done is really parse out the specific ways that her clients have suffered and come to her for help and how all of those track back to boundaries. Of course, you don't want everything to be about boundaries all the time, but I really think that there's... um. There's not much that she's presented in this book that can't actually be about boundaries. Thankfully, Nedra is really a pragmatic person. She's very honest in saying that everybody has these issues with boundaries. There's nobody who doesn't, which gives us kind of this normalizing sense of why boundaries are so important. Because you're not really looking to unpack something that's related to trauma or something that's related to events in your past or something that's related to dysfunction. You're unpacking your sense of improving your life and finding freedom through something that we all struggle with. And that makes it really kind of a non-judgmental book. Her words really inform people. They talk about a lot of different ways that people might be experiencing things. And I think that that also makes it feel not very cookie cutter. I, I really can't recommend this book enough. I think that it's really important to read if you consider yourself a people pleaser, if you consider yourself feeling, you know, concerned about something at work, something with friends, if you, you know, even social media, the ways that you might say, you know, if I could set a boundary here, or if I could, if I could just explain to someone, listen, here's what's okay, and here's what's not okay, but I don't know how to get started with that, I think you will really love this book. I think you will really find it useful and helpful, and it will make you feel cared for in the way that I think all self-help books should, but not all self-help books hit the mark in that way. And that is Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover Tawab. Okay, that wraps up Medium Lady Must Reads for your summer. Those were five books. We have Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. This is a funny contemporary fiction book. We have The uh, House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune, which is contemporary fantasy. We have Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. This is contemporary science fiction. We also have The Firekeeper's Daughter, which is Young Adult Mystery. And finally, we have Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Tawab, which is a self-help personal development book um, about boundary setting. Those are my five must-read recommendations, and I think anybody can find at least one book in that stack to pursue your summer reading. What do you have on the go for your reading this summer? I would love to hear from you over on Instagram. You can find me at medium.lady over there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you felt inspired to get started on your summer reading. If you loved this episode, please make sure to reach out and share it with a medium lady in your life. And if you like this episode, I hope you will go and give it a rating and review wherever you happen to be listening. Remember, the next few episodes will continue to focus on reading and books. Upcoming next, we have recommendations for your summer reading profile. We will also have an episode on how I extend my reading experience when I'm reading a book that I love. 
And I will do my probably past books, which is a little bit of a fun, you know, negative, kind of grumpy take on some books that I read in the spring of 2022 that I didn't really love that much. So please stay tuned for those episodes coming up through the month of July. We're calling it a reading month here on Medium Lady Talks. In the meantime, I'm Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, episode 38, and I will see you again soon. Bye.